You are listening to Jcast Journey, the inaugural podcast of Jcast Network. I'm Daron Rusquet, the executive director and executive producer of Jcast Network, and I will be your host of this chronicling of the creation of a new Jewish media project. by thanking you for listening to the Jcast journey, for visiting our website at jcastnetwork.org, all of your comments and responses to what we're doing, and for sharing what we do with others. If you haven't done those things yet, I hope you will. As I've repeated over and over again, the Jcast Network is in its infancy, so we really want to know what you are all looking for, so that we can make sure that we are responding to your needs. In this week's episode, I want to explore some of the issues related to incorporating, gaining nonprofit status, becoming a 501c3 organization, and fiscal sponsorship. This is not the sexiest topic around, but really important for JCAS Network, as well as for any new project as it prepares to launch. JCAS Network, like most new initiatives, begin as an idea. I saw a need, a new way to provide Jewish content as it was, that was accessible to all. And I thought that I could do this better than it was already being done, which is to say not at all. Now, I wish I had won the Mega Millions lottery, and thus I had the money and the time and the passion for the project without having to do anything else. But sadly, I've thus far not been so lucky. But as they say, you have to be in it to win it. The reality is that I do have the passion, and right now I have the time, but I don't have the money. And without the money, I soon won't have the time. Now, in the nonprofit sector, there are two main ways that you can get money in the initial startup phase of a project. Foundations and individuals. It's actually pretty much the same as it is for the for-profit sector, but then you're looking at venture capital firms and individual investors. In the nonprofit sector, however, individuals generally don't want to donate to your project or cause if you're not recognized as a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, as although they may believe in your project, they're also looking forward to that tax write-off, as you would get from a recognized nonprofit donation. And foundations are the same. Although they may be open to funding you if you don't have your own tax-exempt status, but at least are covered by a fiscal sponsor. So this is a barrier that needs to be faced. I feel competent in most things. Not all, but most. That being said, the idea of going online and downloading the forms that need to be submitted to get incorporated and get an EIN, employee identification number, and file for recognition as a 501c3 is daunting. And since it has to do with the government, it's not something I want to mess up. Early on in the process of thinking this through, I had a conversation with Rabbi David Ingber of Congregation Romumu, who, by the way, may host a show for the JCAS Network. We were discussing the Jcast Network concept, and at some point we got to the discussion of needing to do all of this legal stuff. When I mentioned to him the quandary of needing to raise money in order to pay a lawyer to do this work, but not being able to raise the money to pay the lawyer until the work was done and I could receive money, David was sure that I would be able to find someone to do this work for me pro bono. And everyone says that it's not that complicated, just something you don't want to do wrong. Now, David has a wonderful congregation of active members and supporters, and thus finding a lawyer 
in the bunch was probably not that difficult for him. But what do I have? Well, I have listeners, I think, although I really want to hear from you all. I don't have direct contact with the people I'm serving. And thus, I'm not able to find people who can help in this way. So, then I started to do what we all do when we get confused. I googled it. I saw a link to a big law firm that's known for doing pro bono work. But when I emailed someone at the firm about representing me, they responded very politely and said that I couldn't gain access to their pro bono work that way. Huh? They did encourage me to visit an organization that connects lawyers with those who need pro bono work. But when I talked to them, they said I was the wrong kind of organization and that they only worked with arts organizations. Another that I found said that they only dealt with New Yorkers in need. Now, I was starting to feel like a New Yorker in need, in need of legal help. I'm now waiting to hear back from a third organization that may or may not be open to even thinking about helping me. I've written them a proposal explaining what Jcast Network does, and I'm hoping that they'll take some Rachmanis on me and offer to help. And they won't even help. All they're going to do is post my needs on some website that other lawyers may or may not see. Oh, this is going to take a while. Now, the truth is that I don't have to just sit around and wait while all of this goes on. Because even after I incorporate, and even after I get my EIN, I hate when people say EIN number, because N is for number, but anyway. And even after I submit my request for 501c3 status, the 501c3 status can take a long time to finalize. And I do mean long time. In the meantime, I'm able to try to get fiscal sponsorship. What fiscal sponsorship means is that another institution that already is recognized as a nonprofit tax-exempt institution can receive money on my behalf, be responsible for reporting it on their forms, and then allow me access to my money. This works, but it's a little complicated. For one, my donors can't write checks to me or JCAS Network. They have to write it to my fiscal sponsor. Sadly, many or Excuse me. Secondly, many organizations are ambivalent about being a sponsoring agency, but there's a lot of tracking of money and responsibility for money, and if they're not in the habit of doing this, they generally shy away. The third problem is that the organizations that are used to doing fiscal sponsorships for startup organizations, they take a piece. Now, the amount they take is generally between 3 and 5% of each dollar that you raise, which is sent to them, but who wants to give up 5 cents on every dollar? Now, in return, they write all your checks for you. They submit 990s for anyone on salary. Or excuse me, they submit W-2s for anyone that's on salary. They take care of the end-of-year auditing and reporting. But still, five cents of every dollar? If you're raising large quantities of money, this can be a real problem, as the percentage can be more than it would cost to do all of these things yourself. But if your project is small enough, then the percentage is totally worth it as you can focus on the things you need doing and let others do the paperwork and the costs seem fair. So I started to go to a few institutions where I knew people to ask, well, beg them to be consider being my fiscal sponsorship. And they shrugged and said no. They just were not geared up to provide these services. And as much as they wanted to help, they just couldn't. Again, I went to man's best friend, Google, and I found a site that lists organizations that offer, offer fiscal sponsorship. I started by looking for a Jewish education program in New York that would be willing to do it. No luck. Then I looked up, looked for a Jewish education program anywhere in America that would do it. No luck. 
Finally, I just looked for a Jewish organization any place in America that offered fiscal sponsorship, no matter what they dealt with. Now, I thought it'd be easiest for me to get fiscal sponsorship if our focuses were similar, but at this point, I just wanted someone to say yes. I found two interesting organizations, one based in New York, and they take about 3 to 5% of each donation and a 1% of your annual average a month amount that's in your account. I don't know the math, but okay. The other, based in Los Angeles, takes 5% off the top, but nothing in addition. I took time to write both organizations and submitted a request for fiscal sponsorship. Both responded with a few questions, which I answered. Then one of them asked to meet with me, which I did, and the other, more questions, followed by more questions and more questions. Now I understand that they all, all want to do diligence when they decide who to sponsor. But don't you think that asking how I planned on spending my supplies budget might be getting a little picky? Envelopes, stamps, paper clips. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm really very appreciative about what these organizations will allow me to do. And I get that they're serving a really important role for me and for hundreds of other small startups. It just sometimes gets a little frustrating. As I wait to hear from the potential fiscal sponsorships, or rather, as I waited to hear, I went around and talked to people who run startups that worked or worked with each of them to see how they felt about the experience. And they all said that overall, the experience has been fine. So I wait. One of the organizations has gotten back to me and said, yes, the other one I'm still waiting to hear from. Launching this project has been a reminder of all things that we cannot control. I hope that I'll find a lawyer that'll be able to help me. I hope to be able to make a final determination on fiscal sponsorship that I can start raising money in earnest, and I hope to have exciting news on both fronts in the weeks to come. Once again, we can be found online at jcastnetwork.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash jcastnetwork, our Twitter handle is at jcastnetwork, and I can be contacted via email at druske at jcastnetwork.org. And if you're enjoying your podcast, I hope you consider writing a review on our iTunes page and sharing Jcast Network with your friends. Oh, and if you're a lawyer who knows about incorporating a nonprofit, let me know. I could really use your help. The opening and closing music for today's show is I'm Still Waiting by Bob Marks.